Welcome aboard, TTA travelers. Whether you're a humanoid, a robot, or an alien passenger. It's the time of your life. You don't want to miss out on right here and now. Leadsman, sound off. Give me a depth reading by the mark. By the mark. Halfway. Mark one. Mark Queen. You see your true colors shining through Those brilliant true colors glowing brightly inside you <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all you wildcats out there Get ready to show your team spirit Because the movie musical sensation that's sweeping the country is headed this way it's time for W, w Radio, your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I'm your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 165 for the week of April 11, 2010. This week, Join us at the dinner table as we sit down to dine at and review Paradiso 37, the high-energy waterfront restaurant located in downtown Disney's Pleasure Island. We'll review a number of different items from the menu and discuss the decor, ambiance, and overall dining experience to give you a taste of this restaurant which offers cuisine inspired by the street foods of the Americas. I'll play more of your voicemails and have some announcements at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. So as you can tell by the music in the background, you probably can't tell where I am. And it is time for another live restaurant review. And this week, we, and by we, I mean this table full of, of strapping young men, including Glenn Whalen from Pretty Good Movie Ride and Passamaquoddy. Hey, folks. It's great to talk to you again. You know, they can't talk back. Yeah, right. Oh, they can't? Okay. <laughs> No, I hear them. I can hear them. They're talking. <laughs> and um, and dining with us once again is, of course, Scott Otis. Hello, but I'm hungry, so let's let's get to the food. Speed this thing along, and you can do your voices along the way. Uh, a newcomer to the dining table, I think, and uh, but a, a frequent visitor to the meats of the month is John Liuzzi. And by the way, the the donator of the very cool sort of retro evil figment shirt. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here, Lou. Yeah, a little bit of controversy with the Figment shirt, sort of the, uh, the hard rock biker Figment shirt. Um, and uh, first time, I think, for the dining review, but, but, but frequent contributor to uh, WDW Radio and Celebrations Magazine, and owner and author and journalist, Scott, I'm going as fast as I can, but I'm stalling for time, is Ryan Wilson from the Main Street Gazette. Good to be here, everyone. And uh, he doesn't know it yet, but our waiter this evening for our live restaurant review of Paradiso 37 is Jeremy. What's going on, Jeremy? Right on. How are you doing tonight? Do you need sugar for your tea? Uh, <clears throat> no, I'm going to drink it just straight up on the rocks. So, Jeremy, this is for many of us our first time here. Why don't you uh, give us the lowdown on Paradiso 37 and your personal recommendations? All right. Paradiso 37, we feature the foods of the 37 countries in North, Central, South America, and the Caribbean. We have a two-story tequila tower featuring 100% blue agave tequilas. Our specialty cocktails are mangled margarita. It's layered frozen red sangria and frozen margarita. Our beer pours out. Right now it's at 30.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Our specialties, skirt steak, ribs, fish fry. All of our Mexican stuff's really good. All of our half-pound burgers are really, really good. I, you've said that before, I can tell. Once or twice. <laughs> and what's your favorite? Skirt steak. Skirt steak. Best thing on the menu. Best appetizer on the menu? Uh, dipping trio. And best drink, best cocktail, best adult beverage here. Porzinger. 
What is it? Korzinger. What is that? It's a uh, elderflower liqueur, which is Saint Germain elderflower liqueur, Corzo silver tequila, strawberry puree, and then a habanero lime juice. And you can't drive for like two days after drinking that, correct? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So you recommended the dipping trio. The dipping trio. The, All right. Uh, crazy corn's really good. The mac and cheese bites are really, really good. And the quesadillas are really good. You want to get a dipping trio, uh, a crazy corn, and I'm easy. So get yeah, crazy corn and. Uh... Let's uh, do quesadillas. Chicken beef or both? Chicken. Chicken. Chicken quesadillas, the, uh, the dipping and trio, the and the crazy corn. Cool. cool, make it happen. I will put that in and I'll be back. Awesome, thank you. So we um, we obviously got the waiter that speaks the fastest here at Paradiso 37, so we can probably translate some of what he said. I'm glad you said that. I just thought I was hearing slow. So. <laughs> I, I didn't quite catch everything he said. But from what I understand, um, I did get the skirt steak. The skirt steak I got on Dipping Trio, which we got. We got the Dipping Trio. Very cold beer. Yeah, the uh, the beer is, according to them, the world's coldest draft beer served at 29. Well, according to the, the menu says 29. The little thermometer up there says 31.3. So, so one of them is, is lying. But uh, world's coldest draft beer, 29 degrees. Too cold to hold is their, there's their slogan. But... Um, Paradiso 37, yeah, in fact, does invite you to experience the taste of the Americas. Uh, found diverse cultural and culinary differences found throughout North, Central, and South America. There's live entertainment nightly and selected 37 tequilas, which I think Glenn is actually going to sample one at a time for us tonight. I've already had one of each already, yes. I'd ask you to please put your shirt back on while we're eating. <laughs> so has anybody eaten here before? Appetizers, cocktails, no, no, and, and Scott's just very hungry. That's all he keeps saying. Glenn, you have? Yes, I, ha- I have eaten here once. When they first opened, I came over and then enjoyed an afternoon. We just tried a couple appetizers, and so I'm looking forward to a meal. Have you have you tried the skirt steak? No, I have not tried the skirt steak. I'm looking forward to it. Try the mold wine; it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for catching the the, the, the reference there. So, uh, just to give you a quick sort of overview. Uh, it's a pretty big menu. I mean, the, the, when I say big, not just in loose size big, but actually a, a large menu with probably 15 or so different appetizers, three or four different salads, uh, hamburgers, Mexican food, um, and a bunch of different plates from the Americas. Again, we, we know about the legendary skirt steak, a Colombian-style whole crispy hen. You don't see that on, on too many menus. Surf and turp, uh, citrus barbecue pork ribs, seared sea bass, Chilean-style salmon, beef short ribs, and a southern fish fry. Also, a, uh, a bunch of Mexican items, including burritos, cuatro tacos, enchiladas. That might be on my menu somewhere. Uh, from the States, there's a bacon and pineapple burger, jalapeno burger, sausage and pepper hoagie, the Paradiso 37 cheeseburger, and uh, everybody's favorite sliders. And uh, we're going we're gonna to sample a bunch of the different appetizers. Is there anything that you guys are starting to see that's jumping right out at you that that you're, you're digging as soon as you see it? Uh, the skirt steak actually jumped right out at me. And You're such a lamb. You're such a follower. But the pork ribs also, the citrus barbecue pork ribs look pretty tasty. That's good, so we can all sample those. What about you, John? The Chilean-style salmon looks really good, Lou. Uh, cilantro rice, roasted seasoned ve- seasonal vegetables. Eighteen ninety-nine. All right, not bad for salmon. And Scott, well, we you know you've had your menu closed for like 20 minutes already. I'm looking for all kinds of cheese, different things that have cheese platters, cheese burgers, cheese fish fries, anything that has cheese. Seven different platters that have cheese. You know the joke that he doesn't like cheese, right? If they didn't, I, hopefully they, they've picked up on a, a, that hint of sarcasm that he, he's well known for. But what, what are you really going to have? I'm actually not certain yet. I'm looking at all the things that do have cheese, and then I'm eliminating those, and then I'm going to work from there. Scott literally has an abacus and an iPad out. <laughs> what, what, uh, what about you, Glenn? I'm actually thinking of the southern fish fry, because I would like the Argentinian skirt steak, but everybody's getting the skirt steak, so I want to get something a little bit different. I think nobody's actually nobody's getting, getting the skirt steak. Oh, nobody's it's, getting it, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm getting the skirt steak such a follow <laughs> you're doing it just because Jeremy recommended it <laughs> well, he, uh, I don't know what he said he was talking so fast you're a big Jeremy I don't fan know if he was threatening me 
Well, I think to, uh, to round things out, maybe I'll go a little South America and do a little maybe Mexican action and uh, a little enchilada. The enchilada has the... the uh, it's surrounded in orange, which means it's either really hot or really good. So maybe I'll, I'll, try, the, uh, I'll try the enchiladas. Yeah, so that's where we go. So what do you guys think about the, uh, the look inside here? This restaurant opened, I guess, what... Last year, sometime, sometime in 2009. All right. Well, we we had to split levels because this was two different stores when it was. Uh, you know, let me see. The, the Aviators Club was there. Aviator. Aviators Aviator. Club. Yeah, that's right. The Aviators Club. So that the the level split is still here, and then we are in what was the the really cool art store that had um, the the Walt uh, Norman Rockwell like painting in the in the window. I'm gonna put. I'm just gonna stick the microphone in front of Ryan's face to to put him on the spot to remember. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I can see it. I know it, and I can't. July 73rd. uh, Your your 17th post of that day. Or how about the guy that works that works? You know, sort of the reference librarian guy. I believe it was the animation gallery. If I'm not mistaken. Such a show off. Being here with him. Switch seats. I want him to sit next to me. (laughs) But yeah, it's a. uh, I mean, it's a very cool. It's a very sort of modern, uh, but you do sort of get that southwestern kind of flair with some of the artwork on the walls and the entrance. Right. And we got this really cool chandelier that's made out of margarita glasses, and the margarita, uh, the uh, tequila bottles, are, and salt shakers are all in there. It's, you know, they have a theme in here, and they do have some merchandise they, they're pushing over there. I don't know how many people are buying it, but... Those are tequila bottles. The tequila bottles. Yeah, the tequila bar behind us is very cool. I mean, this is definitely like a place you can come and sort of, I think you can hang out at night too, just get some appetizers, you know, maybe late night. Yeah, grab a couple of drinks with some friends and just relax and let the day wash, you know, wash away. The the colored panels in the ceiling, you know, change a different color. Kind of like get that mellow vibe off. It's it's really a nice atmosphere. Well, we were lamenting on the way in and sort of thinking back to the pleasure island that used to be and you know going to eight tracks and the, and the beach club and the fireworks factory and this is one of those places that you can sort of sort of come and maybe hang out at night you know it's not loud we have to get up and dance it's not sort of that same sort of atmosphere as raglan road but if you want to do just come out with some friends and get some drinks after a day at the parks this might be a good option and we should mention there is outside dining where you can sit and just watch people as they move through the streets and, and like a night like tonight where you have a cool breeze out there it's a, it'd be a great place to just you know relax and chill yeah and if you take the Sasagula River you can come right up and park right next to it and walk right in uh, if you're staying over at the Port Orleans or whatever and also I believe straight outside is the characters in flight right uh, that you'd be able to get a pretty good view of that going up and down every night are we ready to order the I think so I think we are and we're going to see how many people held to your recommendation of the skirt steak. <laughs> so we'll go uh, handsome guy first. Right. Uh, uh, the citrus barbecue pork ribs. Right. He hates the recommendation. <laughs> Jeremy, I'd like the Chilean style salmon, please. Salmon? Is that about medium? Is that okay with you? Great, thank you. I'm going to go from the States and get the bacon and pineapple burger. Oh, you like your burger for I'm going to get that very well done, but also without the gouda. No cheese. I would like the skirt steak. Medium. You made you made Jeremy's day because you're the guy that finally ordered the skirt steak today. <laughs> but we would like a couple of extra knives and forks so we can all sample Glenn's. Um, how about the burrito? Oh, um, well, for research purposes only, I'll go beef. Thank you. Yeah, why not? Awesome. Thank you. So in addition to a, uh, a pretty substantial food menu, there's also a very large drink menu with different tequilas, wines, beers, and there's also a lot of different specialty c- drinks of which I can't read because there's a sangria cape berina. Yeah, why don't, somebody who, why don't you pronounce that? Out of way, Sling. Sangria Capriniana. Yeah. You just cursed to all of our Spanish-speaking listeners. I believe, Lou, that's the sangria capenrinha. That's a it's a very it's a very popular drink in uh, South America, in Brazil, in Argentina. I don't know if you're making it up, but you're saying it with such conviction. I'm I'm buying it. Oh, it's absolutely the truth. What, what else you got on the specialty drink menu? 
we have a Paradiso Pisco Sour, which is Capel Pisco, uh, Midori, melon liqueur, and agave nectar. And that's topped with several drops of bitters for $9.50. And there's also a couple different sangrias, a, a red sangria and a white sangria. We might have to, I might have to sample one of those again, just simply for, for research purposes only. John gets kudos for that. Yeah, because I never would have been able to do it. And, and there's a whole bunch of different tequilas. Like hieroglyphics to me. I don't know how he read that. <laughs> there's a Herradura Mundial. A Herradura Silver Tequila and Chambord mixed with lime and pineapple. That actually sounds pretty good. I wonder if I had one, if, if people would... Oh, a that. Korzinger. That's what he said. Corzo Silver... Let me say it slowly in English. It's Corzo Silver Tequila Fresh Strawberries. Live habanero juice and Saint Germain elderflower liqueur, a Paloma Passion, Milagro Reposado tequila sky. Yeah, these sound really good. Yeah. A tiki tango, voodoo tiki silver tequila, blended with Malibu mango rum and fresh mango juice. That might be a little too girly for me. Yeah, I think so. But look, this is a very substantial the bar menu, specialty bar menu. Almost as if there's more to the bar menu than there is to the eating menu. And that's why I think we were saying before, this in addition to you can come here for a full menu like a full meal like we're doing, but to come here like late at night after the park, just grab a bunch of appetizers, have some drinks. Uh, it's a, and it's a great atmosphere. You hear that there's live music playing in the background. The open air kitchen is nice, so it's a nice atmosphere too. It's not too loud so you know you can talk to the people across the table from you. From what I learned last time I was here, they sort of cater to the people that want to come in and get two or three appetizers rather than a full meal. So as we look around, I'm seeing a lot of people who are doing exactly that. The table next to us, the girl has two small tacos and a little quesadilla and a little salad. And it's all, it's three different appetizers mixed in. Uh-oh. Jeremy, what do I got here, buddy? This is the frozen red sangria. Just try it. You can't get it anywhere else in the world. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Nice. Look at this. A frozen red sangria. Oh, that's good. Wow, that's really good. Frozen sangria? It doesn't even taste like anything, like it has any liquor in it. It's actually got wine and brandy. Wine, brandy, and fruit juice. Fruit juices. Interesting. Glenn just fell off his seat. So now, I've had enough of you and your, your attitude. <laughs> now the truth is going to come out, Glenn Whalen. <laughs> you think you're so tall. <laughs> so now it has wine, brandy, fruit juices, and cooties. Now that we've all actually taken a sip of it. Did you, did you try it? Yeah, I could, I, I could drink this. Oh, yeah, I like that. If nobody else wants to finish it. Try it. it has cheese in it, Scott. Try it. <laughs> Alright, you can finish it, buddy. Yeah, I'll finish it. Why not? <laughs> so Jeremy, the, the, the red sangria was awesome. You just brought out our appetizers. If you can go through for us exactly what you brought out. This is our Mexican dipping trio. It's our chili con carne, our spinach queso, and our guacamole. Served with our tortilla chips and our house-made roasted red tomato salsa. Our crazy corn, which is corn on the cob with aji amarillo, which is a yellow pepper aioli. Topped off with our three cheese dip. And then over there is the chicken quesadillas. Served with sour cream and uh, salsa. And that's it. Enjoy. Awesome. Thank you. All right. This looks, the, the corn looks like the best tasting thing ever. And Scott is crying because it has cheese on it. You can take the cheese off. Well, I just might have to do that. Uh, it, it looks like it's dripping all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's everyone partake of the cheese cheese corn first. The... Ryan, did you photograph this so we're, we're all up? Oh, yeah, Ryan. Oh, we ruined it already. Everybody put put it back. Ryan needs to photograph the food first. Yeah. 
Scott, you're not allowed to move ahead to the second appetizer until we finish the corn first. <laughs> Just ooh, take some of the cheese off. Okay. Would you eat one of the cheese off? No. This is the sauce better here. And, and you wonder why there's only guys sitting here? Because we're sitting here, like, taking pictures of our food, talking into the microphone, instead of just eating like normal men. I apparently just ripped, like, that's so good. I just ripped the thing off the side of my chair. All right, so the first thing we're going to try is the corn. Yes. We're, yeah, we're trying the corn. Uh, you ca- I couldn't even tell it was corn. It looks like a chicken skewer with cheese on it, actually. But now that I'm it almost looks like a backwards cheese stick. It's the cheese on the outside and everything else on the inside. It's a, it's a, it's a half of a, almost like a, a third of, the, of a ear of a corn sliced in half. Do you eat the cob or do you just eat off of it? <clears throat> eat around it? All right. <clears throat> I'm going to watch Ryan do it first. Oh, he's doing it wrong. <laughs> No pressure. Um, it really is. I mean, it's it's cheese and corn. You get that overwhelming cheese taste first, and it's a little oily, and then you get the underside, which is the corn, and it's cooked really well. It's not too crunchy, not too soft, not too mushy, so it's, it, it's a good texture. This is probably the greatest cheese corn I've ever had. This is just spectacular. I, I think I like cheese now. Yeah, this is a really good combination. At first bite, you get a, a little bit of the, the tang and the saltiness from the cheese. And, and then when you hit that corn, it's buttery, it's sweet, it's velvety. Really good combination. That's right. I guess to add to the Mexican flavor, I taste a lot of lime. I'm tasting a lot of lime in here. I like this a lot. Scott, I know you were pretending you were eating it, but this is really good. Let me, uh, let me give this a whirl here. Hmm. I'm making a yummy face. All right. Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> you don't eat the stick, just so no. you know. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, when it first came out, I was like, "Wow, this might be a little weird to eat like this." But you're right; the corn is still crunchy, but it kind of falls off the cob easily enough. And uh, the warm cheese on top is really nice, but the, the, the butter and the sweetness of the corn. I'm digging this, and, and Glenn's really happy that you can eat scotch. Yeah, I'm gonna eat scotch. Scotch cheese. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Give this scotch. Give this scotch. This, this is a nightmare for Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's cheating. He moved ahead already. Ryan. Oh, just because he got his pictures taken, he's ready to move on. The uh, the corn was really good, and a lot of different layers of flavors on there, and we thought it was kind of odd to eat, but the corn kind of falls off the cob pretty easy. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's tender. Squeeze a little lime on it, it gives it a little more flavor. And he really tasted the lime. So now that Glenn has, has licked all the cheese and the lime clean from there, we'll move on to the uh, to the three dip. John's going with me on this. He's eating the other corn. Don't try and pass off the fact that you ate them all. All right, so, Ryan, what was the first one of, of the three dips that you tried? I tried the guacamole, and at first you get a real strong pepper flavor, and then the tomato and the avocado kind of move in after that to cool it off, very smooth, a lot of different flavors. Again, like the corn, different layers of flavor kind of coming in at different times to make a really, really complimentary dish. All right, since you tried that, I'll, I'll take one of the, the nice, warm, salty tortilla chips and try the cheese one in the middle. Yeah, Scott, you gotta just be aggressive and just get up and, and lay over the table. Mm. This one in the middle? This one in the middle, which I think is a cheese. Real nice, warm cheese, not too spicy. I like that one. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really warm cheese kind of almost like a casserole kind of feeling to it when you when you get into it. Scott's going to try the salsa. Because he's a man of danger. Woo! It actually has a little bit of a kick, but not, not too bad. It's quite... And by a little bit of a kick, you mean making you cry at the table. And my... Sure? 
My chest is growing hair as we speak. <laughs> All right, Glenn, you try this third one, which right. is... Which one is... Which I don't remember what he said because he just went too fast. Chili, chili con carne, which is chili with... Meat. Carne. <laughs> with... All right. I'm not going to wait for your review. That looks really good. I'm going to try that. It's... Mmm. Chili. It's chili. It's chili. It... Oh, I like the chili. And that middle one is the cheese and spinach queso dip. Oh, that's the stuff I love. Alright. That... You don't like this, Scott. This is cheese. Have you tried all three? Have you tried all three? Try all three. John, I'll catch up. Ryan, give me your review of all three. All right. They're all really good. The chili con carne really tastes the most like anything you could get in another restaurant anywhere. But if I'm going with one, I'm going to go with the guacamole. It just has a nice, very smooth touch to it. But then afterwards, that spice kind of kicks in. And it's really nice. I think the uh, my order of preference is the guacamole. I, I really am surprised how much I like that. Then the chili is a very, very close second. Then the uh, the cheese and spinach queso dip is third. I'm gonna actually put the corn up top right now. Uh, we're going I with the dips. We're we're, we're only we're on dips. Yeah, Move on. Get past the corn. I'm, it's I'm, over. I've already returned to the corn. <laughs> Scott can give no opinion because he doesn't like cheese. Hi. I've tried the uh, the guacamole and the cheese. One more chip here with the chili. I actually like the chili and the uh, and the guacamole. Chili's got a nice meaty flavor to it. Avocado, it's nice and fresh. A little bit of chunks in there. Some nice tomato. Very good. Jeremy, we're uh, like like the awesome. We uh, we think that the guacamole and the chili are probably top two. This is a close third, but that's really good. Yeah, I still have the corn. Oh, and now what is this? This is our salsa diablo. Salsa Diablo, which means very... Oh, look at Ryan. Look at Ryan going in. Put that away. I don't mind the spice. And now I'm going to take Ryan's iced tea away just to see. It's okay to cry. Scott has. <laughs> no, it definitely has a, a more heat to it. But there's such a wealth of flavor behind it. It's really, it's delicious. Yeah. And, and what makes this the Salsa Diablo? Habaneros. Habaneros. Oh. It's this with fresh habaneros in it. Oh, my gosh. Is it really hot? You know, for a split second, you get that freshness of the tomato, but very, very quickly. Yeah. Intense heat. <laughs> right at the front of my mouth. It hasn't reached the back of my mouth yet, uh, but it's got a good flavor to it. It's not too bad. Scott, you know you can have it because there's no... Scott's gonna... All right. Scott's going to look like Chernobog. Watch. <laughs> if you can cry like Kermit the Frog, that would be awesome. I have to, Glenn. We have to try it now. You, oh, you have I to. Know t- I'm, come on. I'll try it as well. No, that's good. You're right. You get that like initial spot of heat that kind of remains on your tongue on the sides of your tongue a little bit. And you're, listen, if you have clogged up sinuses, that's really your trick right there. It's too, it's too moist towelettes for the entire table. We can share. We share everything else. Need the towel extra your tongue. Chicken. All right. Speaking of chicken, Glenn, you didn't have the right. salsa. Go ahead and try the quesadillas. Yeah. I'm gonna go back to the guacamole here to um, right. to calm the fire in my mouth. It's a light, simple quesadilla. Very thin. Chicken and cheese. Grilled, very simple. You're not doing cartwheels. I'm not doing cartwheels. I'm having, I'm having corn cheese withdrawal right now. Oh, this quesadilla is interesting. The the actual tortilla seems to me to be a little thicker than a than a normal tortilla. It's almost like a, sort of has the consistency of a almost like a pita bread. Interesting reactions to the to the quesadilla. So I too. Yeah, this is not this is not your grandmother's quesadilla. It's um, it's crispy on the bottom, a thinner oh, layer on top, but not um, 
It's not very thick. It's not. There's not a lot. Not a lot of stuff inside. Uh, I think uh, I think a, a a young person who doesn't have a, a wide variety of foods that they can eat, they can eat this. It's a very safe chicken quesadilla. Yeah, it's it's definitely more tortilla than anything else. If you're looking for a lot of chicken and cheese inside, it's not. It, it's uh, the flavor comes from the tortilla itself. I think if you're looking for a, a you know a safe family option, the quesadillas work. The dipping trio is not too spicy, and a lot of things that you'd find on menus elsewhere. Better flavor, more different flavors here, layered, but they're, they're both comparable to something you can find something else and be comfortable with. And again, a, a great option to share. So as we, we tore through our appetizers, I think we all agreed that the, the, the triple dip thing was very good. Obviously, Glenn, a huge fan of the corn. He just brought out uh, our main courses, and the first thing we said, especially mine, I have the burrito. The plating is really, really nice um, on on everybody's. Even like you know your steak on your ribs. I mean, the plating is real, real nice. Yeah, my, my um, steak is, is on the bone and it's and it's on a skillet. And there's a little cup of French fries in here to add a little bit of no class, but it, it does look pretty cool. Yeah, my burrito is sort of it's on a square plate, uh, and again there's. There's black beans, there's a, a green rice, and the sliced burrito. And uh, John, your salmon looks awesome. It does look really good, Lou. Got a nice crust on it, some nice herbs on top, nice roasted vegetables. All right, so now that we can avoid the strange looks from people walking in as to why we're talking about our food into a microphone instead of actually eating it, uh, as they say in Mexico, uh, bon appetit. Mmm. So my burrito, real nice. I saw a crisp on the outside of the tortilla, but um, it's filled with a lot of beef, not a lot of filler, not a lot of beans and rice, things like that. Really like the uh, the smoky flavor of the beef there. It's um, I'm really pleasantly surprised how good that burrito is. Glenn's done with his steak already. Mm. No, I haven't actually touched my food yet, but I did try some of John's salmon. Very flavorful. Very, very flavorful. And I'm at French fries. Salmon's really nice. Got a nice crust on the outside. Moist and tender on the inside. Cilantro rice is fabulous. Nice fresh cilantro in there. Scott, really being, really sort of going out on a limb with, with the, um, that's with the, the hamburger you had, I assume, correct? Yeah, it's actually quite tasty. It has some interesting flavors. Instead of the typical burger, what they have is a, a grilled uh, pineapple slice on there and some bacon. And I actually chose to have it without the Gouda cheese, but so normally it would have Gouda. But it's actually quite flavorful with some interesting flavors. So. And that's a, it's a real thick patty you have there, too. It's not like a very thin sort of regular you know, quarter-pound hamburger. That is correct, and it's cooked to perfection. I ordered it uh, well done, and it's, and it's not pink inside. It's perfect. Oh, I was just... I, I didn't, this wasn't for the recording, but Ryan gave me a rib, and there's no meat on it. It's just the bone. <laughs> so, Ryan's so, a pretty generous hey, guy. Like that. I, mean, I didn't mean for you to have to. And just say so you no. Know, wow, there's no, there's no food on this one. <laughs> and just to differentiate how you're both, you actually just pick the rib up like a man and just stuck it in your mouth. Ryan's cutting it daintily with oh, his fork. Just his pick steak. it up, man, and just stick that rib in your mouth. That's his steak. I'm trying to cut up, not my rib. My house of ribs of over here that they gave me. I mean, the meat is just literally fall off the bone and very tender. The sauce is very, very sweet. And then you get a peppery spice thing going on an aftertaste, which is really, really pleasant. And it comes with a serrano slaw, which I expected to have more of a kick to it. It's really just your regular coleslaw, so, but it's still very good. You know, why don't you guys try some burrito? I don't mean pick up it with your hands, but this time you use a fork. I don't think, that, I don't think there's cheese in there, Scott. That way, pick it up like a man. <laughs> I'm trying to. I I got the rib taste in my mouth, and I'm trying to differentiate between the rib and the burrito. Would you like some Beverly to clear your palate? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Scott, venturing into burrito land, what do you think? It's very interesting. It uh, has a this tastes like beef. I mean, it's a. I didn't cheese. No, there was oh. no cheese in it that I could <laughs> tell, unless you guys fooled me. 
just got a big piece of beef, Blue. <laughs> <laughs> the burrito is really interesting. Most burritos to me I, I have a lot of moist, like the bean taste. You know, this one's kind of dry. But I think that kind of helped the flavors of the beef come out a little bit more. So it was, it was interesting. Yeah, I kind of like the fact that it wasn't sort of soaked with sauces and, and filler. It's just a lot of meat inside. And John, you're right about this, the uh, the green cilantro rice. It's awesome. Really nice flavor to it. Yeah. We're uh, we're digging this. We're liking this. You're liking it? Steak's the best thing? <laughs> he, he's, he hasn't shared with anybody. All right. I'm digging into the, the skirt steak now. He's nodding. He's smiling. Excellent. Yep. I'm not sharing anymore. So Glenn just finished everybody's main courses, and um, I, I liked I liked my burrito. Um, I think we all probably, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, think that everything on the menu seems, for the most part, pretty safe. You know, you hear South and Central American cuisine, you might think there might be things that are very spicy or, or a different type of flavor. I don't think so. I think everything that we had had a unique flavor to it. So you had the chimichurri sauce on your highly recommended skirt steak. The sauce on your ribs was a little bit different. Your salmon was good. It had a different flavor to it. Even your burger was different. My burrito was cooked somewhat differently, but nothing that was going to really scare people away. Um, but my feeling eating here, and I, and I enjoyed my, my meal, was that this is the kind of place I would like to come to, not necessarily for a sit-down meal, but yeah, the other night, let's just order a whole bunch, like, like Sanaa. There's somebody like Sanaa. Let's order a bunch of appetizers among a group of friends and just split them and share them and have a couple of drinks or iced teas. Exactly. I totally agree. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. They agree with me, too. The, uh, the appetizers were very unique on, the, on their own, and we probably could have done a good job if we all picked one appetizer and shared it amongst our group. Uh, I did love the skirt steak and the the Latin pesto sort of thing that they brought out. It was delicious, but you're absolutely right. It was uh, most of it. Most everything I tasted was was well done, but not nothing beyond uh, standard. Is there anything here that that would make you say? And you just had one dinner here, admittedly. But was there anything that you saw one of us and be like, "Yeah, I got to come back and, and make a special trip to have those ribs or that salmon or that burrito?" Or is it more like, "Yeah, this is one of the places." It's nice to come to. It's a good option. Uh, I certainly did love the, the corn. That was a unique thing for me. and So I'm geeky about that, but I would probably definitely try that again. I wouldn't make a trip here for it. But if someone said, I'd like to go to that place, there's one thing on the menu that I know I would try again. So is this a restaurant you would recommend to people? And if so, you know, what would you recommend or how would you recommend it? No, I absolutely would recommend it. And, you know, the entrees, like you said, they all had a little bit of a kick, something a little different. But nothing that is going to frighten away families or small children or anything of that nature. I think it's a great place to go if just, you know, to start off your night, get a couple of drinks, get a couple of appetizers, share that. Or same thing for the end of the night. I think, if, you know, it's a place to come for the appetizers. The appetizers are the most unique offerings on the menu. They're, and they have that variety, but still that's that similar thing that you recognize from someplace else that won't won't make you too nervous about trying it. John, what do you think of the food and then what do you think of so what do you think of sort of the, the atmosphere here and then Scott, <clears throat> excuse me, what do you think too of the food and what do you think of the value for the dollar? I thought the food was really good, Lou. Uh, again, I agree with most of the guys here that um, you know, if you come here with, with small kids, it's a nice option because uh, you can order an appetizer for the kids. It may not be, um, it, it's not too much food. Uh, I thought the skirt steak was a clear winner. And the atmosphere is casual. Uh, it's warm. You have dark wood tables, nice mosaic tiles. And it gives you a hint of the Southwest and, and South and Central America. And, yeah, I would say that I really enjoyed uh, this. There were so many different varieties. And, the, I mean, like, for all the meals that you all had, I would I would have those. So there, the variety was definitely there, and I would definitely uh, have all those. And the the prices, you know, I had a my burger was thirteen dollars. Uh, you know, everything seemed to be between that and like twenty dollars. So it's, I would say it's a pretty good good deal. And um, interesting though, you know, we, we joked around about Jeremy and his and his speedy recommendation, but 
that skirt stake was, was pretty good, and anybody that tried it seemed to agree. He was he was right on on par. Yeah, I thought that the skirt steak was delicious, and especially with the uh, this Latin pesto that he brought out, it really did add to it. Say chimichurri, you know you want chimichurri. <laughs> so, uh, are we uh, are we thinking trying dessert, or are we sort of good where we are? You know, in the name of research, maybe get. Let's look at what. Let's let's look what our, our options are. Oh, I got the microphone, Brian. We need to seal this a minute. Okay, so our options are the Paradiso Thirty Seven Chocolate Stack, which is chocolate cake, creamy chocolate mousse, a bed of warm char- caramel sauce, with top with vanilla ice cream and rainbow. That's seven ninety nine. Then they have some churros and sopapillas, uh, mini cones. Sopa, it's the same as the Latin pesto. Sopapilla. Uh, Sopapilla, that's what I said. And then there's little cups, like champagne glasses of ice cream cones, mini cones, for six ninety nine. Tres leches, which I guess is three types of white cake, soaked in sweet milks and layered with fresh strawberry mousse. And then there's seasonal fruit empanadas for six ninety nine from Brazil. Scott, we, we said you said empanadas, and everybody's like ears perked up. Uh, is there any one of those that uh, that sort of jumps out at you? The, I mean, the chocolate stack jumps out in the theory of, yeah, I would love to be eating that, but I don't know if I can eat that right now. You're such a liar. <laughs> These guys, you know, the, the entrees give you a lot of food for your dollar, so it does make you kind of not hungry at the end. Um, but the tres leches and the empanadas... Both look kind of, you know, tempting. Hey, Glenn, it looks like you missed one of the dessert options here. It looks like uh, chocolate-covered, cheesy corn on a stick. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. I'll take two of those. Well, listen, again, in the interest of, of a full and fair review, maybe we'll pull out, we'll pull two, and we'll, we'll share them, uh, because... You know, we've Why don't we ask Jeremy what he thinks we should get and have him bring out two things? Right now, I would say the seasonal fruit empanadas because it has the little sun next to it and it just sounded really good, and the chocolate stack. But we'll see what Jeremy has to say. Get away this. All right, listen, I, I got to tell you something. You were spot on with the skirt steak. We all stole it from Glenn. So, dessert wise, top two uh, churro sopa pias, mini ice cream cones. Um, or I, there's five desserts. They're all really good. It's like probably yeah, those two are the two that I ordered the most. Are you sweating because of the question, or are you just running so much? Yeah. So, yeah. so if we would have go with the beer, it's twenty nine point four degrees. <laughs> so if we went completely against your recommendation and did the chocolate stack and empanadas, would you you'd, laugh at us? You'd, you'd still be happy. You'd still be happy. Yeah. All right, let's let's make that happen. Right on. Yeah. So we uh, we we got the. Let's start off with the. Uh, the Paradiso 37 Chocolate Stack, which is layers of chocolate cake, creamy chocolate mousse on a bed of warm caramel sauce, topped with vanilla ice cream, rainbow sprinkled whipped cream, and what he called a, a coconut twill. So, Glenn, you're closest, and you're holding all the spoons. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to give it a go. It looks like a nice chocolate brownie. Let's see. That's something I'd like to eat a lot. So, Glenn, you were the, you were the first guy to dig into the uh, into the chocolate stack. What did you think? I, it's it it of course is very tasty, very rich. It's it's it is a brownie. It's a um, a thick brownie. You don't again. You're not doing cartwheels, right? I'm not doing cartwheel. I like the idea. I want. I like using the word tweedle, even though he called it a tweel. I like that more than the the concept. That's, that's really helpful for the listeners, which is great. Very rich. A lot of chocolate. A uh, little, little too much chocolate for me. Uh, but if you like chocolate, probably a pretty good option for you. Uh, Scott, there's no cheese, so what do you think? Yeah, this is almost perfection. Actually, uh, there is not enough chocolate here. I, this is very chocolatey, but I love it. And the brownie isn't too thick. It's, it's a, it has a very soft texture. But it's absolutely delicious. Interesting that we've gone from sort of, okay, it's just a brownie to not enough to too much chocolate to not enough chocolate. So, obviously, individual taste is going to vary on, on yeah. that. Yeah, that's true, but Scott is wrong. <laughs> well, it is 
very chocolatey, but I love chocolate. So if you're a chocolate lover, that's for you. That's your thing. Now, Ryan, you actually dug right into the uh, the fruit empanadas. Didn't take Jeremy's warning that the filling was, in fact, hot. No, I waited about five minutes. I thought it would cool off. It did not. So, yeah, be very careful. It's like a very hot uh, filling. You definitely get that peach flavor. And the caramel sauce is a great dipping sauce. And you get just a little bit of spice at the end there, um, which really helps tie the sweet, spicy kind of triangle together. So it's really excellent, really good. So illustrating our point about it being a great place to hang out, we just finished our meal, came out outside. Again, there's a beautiful seating area right here by the Sasagula, overlooking what's left of Pleasure Island. We were there for three and a half hours. We weren't really drinking. We were just sort of spending some time hanging out and, and picking out our food. What did you guys think, sort of one by one, uh, of Paradiso 37? Overall, I th- it was uh, delicious. All of the food was wonderful. Uh, the atmosphere was amazing. There was uh, a lot of music and... No, I think the food is, you know, it, it has that, you know, Southwest Latin flair that, that they, they say it has. It, they definitely hold up to that. Good quality food, you know, great views, great entertainment. Um, yeah, all the way around, a nice place to just hang out, come and relax, and enjoy the, the sights and sounds of Pleasure Island. I thought it was a nice casual dining experience, very relaxed and laid back. Food was pretty good. The atmosphere was great. And look forward to dining here again. I think it's a place to go for appetizers, things quickly. If, if you are a drinker, that's probably the environment. But if you're looking for like a nice romantic evening with your sweetheart, I wouldn't come over here. Uh, this it seems to be a place that benefits from the idea of the, the party and environment. It's not, it's not a sports bar. There aren't any televisions or anything like that. But it is pretty loud, and, and there's a lot of high energy in here. So it is a fun evening, fun more so than, quick, than uh, great food. Yeah, I think I think the food is good. I don't think um, I think primarily I would come here to do just what you said to come here at night, appetizers with friends, a fun place to hang out where maybe you don't want to do the singing piano bar over at Jelly Rolls. You don't want to go dancing at Atlantic Dance Hall. You want to have a place that you can have a high energy environment, hang out with friends, whatever it might be, or your loved one, um, but not that quiet, casual. Unless maybe you sit outside and they've got the uh, the guy playing guitar. I would definitely come back here again. Um, I would definitely come back here again. I think it can bring your family. I think it can bring young kids because it's not so much of a crazy party atmosphere that just people doing shots and completely drunk. It's 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 a little more reserved than that. So uh, it keeps to, to still what 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 remains of Pleasure Island is. So uh, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs up for Paradise of Thirty Seven. I think uh, I think we should come back again, do, do a little more, a couple more rounds of uh, of appetizers. But as always, my friends, gentlemen. And I use that term loosely. Glenn Whalen, John Leasy, Ryan Wilson from Main Street Gazette. Main Street Gazette and Celebrations Magazine. And Scott Otis from Otis Burke. Otis Burke. Just a little place. It's just a small little place. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for really what was a um, very unique an evening. So, Kungalish. Otis That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for tuning in this week. And my apologies for how I sound in the intro and outro fighting something this uh, early spring. So I apologize. I actually had to cut out a segment for this show. Really wasn't happy with how it sounded. So I will re-record it, get it posted on a later date. But thanks again to all my guests on the Disney Dining Roundtable. Thanks also to everybody who came by the live uh, video broadcast and chat that we did at Ridley Pearson's book signing from Walt Disney World last week. Stay tuned for a new video coming to the site and iTunes as I have an interview with Ridley about Kingdom Keepers 3. Don't forget, too, you can come to the site, comment on this show or any of the blog posts, topics, pictures, anything else over at WDWRadio.com. Please also come by, join the page over at Facebook and follow me over on Twitter. Thanks to everybody who came by the WDW Radio slash Celebrations Meet 
this past weekend uh, in Disney's Animal Kingdom over at the Dawa Bar. Tim and I really had a good time getting to meet readers and listeners and catching up uh, with some old friends and making some new ones along the way as well. Don't forget that the next meet of the month is going to be a special one because it is going to be part of the 24-hour live video broadcast and chat that I'm going to be doing to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. That's going to be Saturday, May 22nd. That's going to be over at the Studio Catering Company at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Stay tuned for the exact time, but please, if you are around, come by, visit the meet, be part of the 24-hour live broadcast. It's also Star Wars weekend, so we'll be walking around with the box people broadcasting live right there from the studios. If you can't make it there, we have meets every month, so stay tuned for June, July, and dates going on further. Other meets that I'm going to be at later on this year is includes the PNW Mouse Meet. That's going to be Saturday, August 14th, 2010. That's going to be over at the Linwood Convention Center in Linwood, Washington. There's a lot of things going on there. A lot of other uh, authors and podcasters and celebrities like Bob Gurr and Margaret Carey. For more information, visit pnwmousemeet.com. Last week, I talked about Kongaloosh. That is October 8th through the 12th. Don't forget that if you register and join the WDW Radio Explorers Tribe by May 1st, you can save $50 on your registration fee. This is going to be a great weekend. Multiple tours and presentations by Jim Corcus. There's going to be dinner and a show by the original Adventurers Club cast as the original characters on stage after hours at the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular. There's going to be a show and sale, a banquet, Q&A with the Adventurers Club cast. I'll be doing a tour of the Jungle Cruise. Lots more going on on the itinerary. More details to come. For more information, I'll have a link in the show notes, or you can visit conga, C-O-N-G-A, loosh.org. And don't forget, too, February 27th, we have the cruise aboard the all-new Disney Dream. More details are coming about, about new dining experiences, new activities on board. And, of course, we are planning some very special events just for our group. For more information, go and visit www.radiocruise.com. There you can also fill out a form, get a free no-obligation quote. Finally, just a couple of quick reminders. Don't forget, if you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to call the toll-free voicemail line, that's 888-703-2171. You can call in with a question, a comment, or just saying hi from the parks. If you want a chance to play Listener Factor Fiction, email me with your name and your phone number. And who knows, I might call you and ask you 10 true or false trivia questions about Walt Disney World. You're going to have a chance to win some prizes along the way. Don't forget, at WDWRadio.com, you can still order signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books, Volume 1 and 2, as well as the audio guides to Walt Disney World, available on CD or instant downloads. I have Main Street, Adventureland, and Fantasyland out and working on Liberty Square now. They are a fun way to get a virtual tour of the parks and take it with you when you go down or even just to get a little bit of that Disney magic at home or in the car. To subscribe to Celebrations Magazine, order back issues, or if you want to try and contribute, you can head on over to celebrationspress.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel, and my recommended app travel provider for all your vacation planning needs. And I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but I'm sure you can also tell that I sound like my head's a little cloudier than usual this week. So what I don't want to forget is to, of course, say thank you for taking the time and listening this and every week. And as always, if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Review the show on iTunes. If you're on Twitter, tweet out that you're listening to and hopefully enjoying the show. Come by the site, comment on the show notes, on the blog, and so much more. And of course, my friends, remember to always, always keep moving forward and take that first step towards following your passion and have a great, great week, everybody. So until next time, see ya. Lou, this is uh, James from Utah. 
I uh, have been watching your WDW Live for the last 40 minutes or so, um, together with my daughter. Actually, I probably shouldn't admit watching it myself. Um, my daughter's been watching it as I've been driving the car. We figured out how to uh, tether a, a cell phone and watch the show that way. She was so excited to see it, but we didn't have the ability to be home because of other things we need to be doing. So sat in the back seat and we plugged the, the audio into the car speakers and she sat there and, and enjoyed herself. So I uh, just wanted to thank you for uh, all that you do and especially at this time for the, uh, the live show with Ridley. So uh, we're great fans of both you and him and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Dan from Downers Grove, Illinois. I was listening to your show number 163 with the Disney Dads, where you're talking about things for guys to do while they're in uh, Disney World. I had started a blog over at uh, runmorganrun.com to chronicle my second time that I had come down to do the Disney Marathon. And I did a post there on March 10th where I talked about five things for a teenager to do in Walt Disney World. And one of my top choices was just to play catch. So my son and I always bring a mitt with us when we go down there and just go out on the lawn from whatever resort we're staying at and uh, play a little bit of catch. And another thing to do that I didn't write, um, because he's not quite old enough to smoke yet, would be for guys to go over to Sosa Cigar over in downtown Disney and just get a couple cigars and bring them back to your resort to enjoy. But, of course, you need to pay attention to the areas where you're allowed to smoke because you can't smoke on uh, balconies or anything. So, anyways, Lou, love the show, and keep moving forward, my friend. Thanks. Hey, Lou, this is Kevin from Denver, Poly Beach Sunset on the boards, uh, calling for a quick and interesting Colorado trivia uh, that ties into Disney, actually. Uh, so this might be kind of interesting for the show. My wife and I just visited Fort Collins, Colorado, which was the hometown of Harper Goff, who, as you know, designed Main Street in Disneyland. And Main Street in Disneyland was actually modeled after the old town areas of Fort Collins, which we visited. It was very odd to see that, but uh, very neat. They have the trolley going down Main Street and all that good stuff. Uh, also, don't know if you ever heard of Magic Mountain. Uh, it was a theme park that was designed and built 1957 in Golden, Colorado. Uh, it was designed and built by C.V. Wood, Jr., who is the master planner and architect of Disneyland. Built the park called Ma Magic Mountain, Golden, Colorado. Uh, it lasted about two years and never amounted to the full hub-and-spoke design it was uh, planned to be, but they actually did complete the Main Street, uh, which still stands today, has forced perspective, uh, is really neat. It's just like Main Street and Disneyland all by itself. And today it's called Heritage Square, and it's just a bunch of shops and uh, little kitty rides and stuff, but it still exists. So that's really neat. Um, also, uh, let's see here. I've made notes. Uh, we got the North Pole in Colorado Springs, which was designed uh, by Arturo Monaco, I believe, uh, another Disney artist. Uh, it's all... North Pole, Santa Claus, uh, themed for the kids. Another little Disney touch here in Colorado. And then the last one is Celebrity Sports Center, uh, which is a little rec center that uh, used to be out here and was uh, one of the investors in that was Walt Disney himself. So there you go, a little Walt Disney trivia tie-in in Denver, Colorado. Take it easy. Hi, Lou. This is Bill Nail from uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. A uh, big fan of all of your work and uh, really appreciate all that you do. Uh, I just also wanted to express how much I appreciate your support of uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, my family uh, has benefited from that. My oldest daughter was born with some severe congenital heart defects that um, have been a challenge, but the first time she experienced Walt Disney World was when she was four and a half years old, and Make-A-Wish made an incredible trip for us. Uh, and we really, really uh, appreciated that opportunity that we wouldn't otherwise would have had. And uh, she's eight now and doing doing pretty well. Um, but uh, something that happened to us on that first that trip with Make-A-Wish uh, really emphasized how, uh, how fortunate we were. Uh, we were in the Magic Kingdom waiting for the nighttime parade, and I struck up a conversation with, a, with another dad, who had a family there, and uh, he kept looking at uh, at my daughter, who had a Make-A-Wish badge on, and uh, he kept looking at her, and, and we were talking, and he said, uh, he told me that he had had a daughter that um, had some severe illnesses, and uh, that they were planning a trip with Make-A-Wish to, to Disney, and um, 
uh, unfortunately, she didn't uh, she didn't live long enough to fulfill that dream, and uh, it really emphasized to me that um, we were pretty fortunate. So, Lou, thanks so much for what you're doing, and for your fellow listeners and readers who are uh, who are making dreams come true. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Lou. Hey, Lou, it's Josh. Um, I uh, I hope everything's going well down in Florida, which I'm sure it is. I hope the weather's picked up for you because it's very nice up here in Michigan. It's uh, it is. It's Monday, and I have spring break for the next, uh, rest of the week, and um. It's very nice. It's supposed to be to 74, so I can only imagine how nice it's going to be down there. Um, uh, so I wanted to say that um, I my iPod was malfunctioning. The sound was cutting out and everything, so I haven't been able to listen to the last couple of shows. So I sent it to Apple and everything. So I'm looking forward to meeting those, meeting, uh, listening to those. But I wanted to say that for all of you that are familiar with the Culver's fast food chain. Today, my mom stopped by and got me a burger and everything, and uh, she came home with a April flavor list of the ice cream. And the number one flavor is uh, Bananas Foster, and it says fresh banana slices in our creamy vanilla custard with Foster sauce swirls. So, um, I just wanted to tell you that, and I thought that was pretty funny. So, uh, I guess I'll uh, talk to you guys later. And remember, if we can dream it, we can do it. See you guys. Bye. Hi, Lou. It's Charlene from... Buffalo, New York. It's great to um, be um, here in Buffalo today. It is 65 and sunny. I'm so thrilled. We just got out of 80-degree weather yesterday, but I'm still very happy. And it's Easter, so happy Easter to all. And can't wait to hear the next show and go on the cruise in less than a year. Talk to you later. Have a great magical Easter. Bye. (laughs) 